1: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Property Voice podcast. My name is Richard Brown and as always, it's a pleasure to have you join me again on the show today. Today's holiday short comes from Henry, who's a student, and he wants to know how he can get involved in property investing and developing while still young with no financial backing or knowledge. So let's hear the story and see how I responded with a 10-point action plan right now then.
0: Okay, so let's get on with this week's featured topic with Property Chatter.
1: So as I mentioned, this comes from Henry and uh, in his own words, Hello all, I am a current student in Edinburgh and do not not currently rather have any properties under my belt. However, I'm interested in getting into property investment and development as a hobby and potential long-term income stream. As an individual who does not have much financial backing or experience in the area of property investment and development, how would I go about starting? I'm currently saving money to attempt to afford a deposit on my first mortgage. However, I do understand a lot more would go into which house are we go for, etc. Any advice you could share that could help a newbie get into this area without a large amount of financial backing would be incredibly helpful. Cheers, Henry. Well, thanks, Henry, and um, for sharing that. And this was another forum post and I did respond to you personally on the forum. And uh, here's essentially what I said. And I'll try and elaborate perhaps a little bit as we go. Hi, Henry. What a great time and presumably age to get started. I really do love it, actually, when people, you know, young people, sub 25, uh, you know, even teenagers start thinking about investing generally and obviously in property more more specifically, because at that age, you know, everything you do at that age is just going to snowball, it's going to compound. And uh, when you get to my age, uh, you're going to be so grateful that you did that. Your life will be so much easier if you can start sooner. So that's the first thing, Henry, is to applaud your uh, willingness and enthusiasm to get going from the beginning. But here's what I would do if I were to have my time again. I didn't do this and, you know, it took me quite a long time to get into a pretty decent position um, later in life. But if I'd have done what I'm about to share now earlier, then things would have been a lot smoother, I I can tell you. So I've got a 10 point action list. And point number one is to carry on saving. Obviously, I'm addressing this to Henry, who said he was already saving. But if you are, you know, a Henry, (laughs) uh, 18 to 25, for example, forget about, you know, holidays for a minute and start saving. Start with a small amount, just make it a commitment. Setting up as a standing order is going to make sure it's going to happen. But equally, perhaps get an extra job um, or extra hours if you already have a job. Uh, In Henry's case, he's at university, so I clearly don't want to suggest that you compromise your studies whilst you're at university, Um, uh, but it does sound like you're working already, Um, so that's great news. But save and maybe take some extra work to be able to generate some extra income so you can save. My own daughter um, has uh, been through something similar recently and she was saving like mad to be able to support herself. Uh, Actually, she's just about to go to university, so she wanted to support herself. So she just set aside every penny she possibly could to do that. Point number two, realistically, you won't qualify for a residential mortgage until you're in full-time employment. So set a target of owning your own home within two years of starting full-time work. So obviously you've got your studies, Henry, ahead of you, but then, you know, set a target two years after leaving uni, getting a full time job to buy your own home using a residential mortgage. So that gives you something to aim at. And uh, you'll still be, what, 23, something like that, around that sort of age by the time you bought your first property. So um, I'm not saying it can't be done sooner, but, you know, this is more of a realistic uh, plan is what I'm trying to suggest. Point number three, consider taking a second part-time job when you start work. So I'm talking about when you start work here, um, you're gonna have a full-time job, of course, and of course when you start out in employment, you know, you wanna give your best and you perhaps wanna climb the career ladder. Uh, Depends what kind of work you have. If you've got a a rapidly growing uh, job, uh, sorry, rapidly progressing job that you can progress in your career or it's very well paid, then maybe this isn't quite so appropriate. But for example, and I will refer to her later on, my niece um, has a kind of a bit of a nine-to-five job, really. She's working in the public sector and she's able to work a more steady hours uh, type of routine. And she's kept a a part-time waitressing job um, over the weekend um, because she wants to do what Henry's trying to do. So she's taken the part-time job as well as working full-time. Of course, this will allow you to top up your savings plan at a much higher rate uh, than if you were just working uh, in the one job. Um, there are you know, some principles I'm sharing here. Uh, delayed gratification, discipline, uh, a commitment to saving um, are all things that I'm kind of alluding to with some of my advice here. Equally, avoid all luxuries. Everyone, everyone who's young is going to hate me saying this. So, you know, your takeaways, your your trips down the pub, your your holidays in Malia, etc. Um, these are luxury items. Your your latest iPhone. Um, you maybe put them to one side for a couple of years and ju- just commit to saving for that five to ten percent deposit on the house that you're going to buy. Is what I would suggest. So, yeah, it's going to take some sacrifice, but with great sacrifice comes great reward. Point number four, take advantage of the government tax breaks. And they, they exist, particularly when you're looking to buy your, your own home. So they've got the lifetime or help to buy ISA. They keep changing that around. But essentially, the government will give you free money if you put it into their sponsored scheme. So basically, take the free money. And they've got the help to buy mortgage scheme as well. So you remember what I said about the 5 or 10% deposit? Well, Help to Buy Mortgage Scheme allows you to borrow an extra bit of money from the government to put down a bigger deposit and perhaps get a lower mortgage interest rate in the process. It comes with strings attached, as all these things do, but it might allow you to buy a bigger property perhaps or put down a bigger down payment than you would otherwise be able to do without it. Point number five, buy a property with at least two bedrooms, possibly three, depending where you live, and rent out the spare room or spare rooms uh, for some extra tax-free income. So that means taking in a lodger. You can take in a couple of lodgers. You can generate up to £7,500 a year under the current rules, tax-free, Um, you know, the government don't mind. They like that. They want you to take in lodges and try and help the housing crisis. So they're giving you a tax incentive to do that. Seven and a half thousand pounds rent tax-free by renting out spare rooms in your own home. And of course it doesn't have to be uh, a long-term lodger. It could also be, you could look at things like short-term guests and Airbnb. You're in Edinburgh, for example, which is one of the top locations for Airbnb. So you can sometimes earn as much in a week as in a month from a lodger by using Airbnb. Of course, that can fit around your lifestyle commitments as well. So it might be quite handy. And uh, of course, the other advantage of doing this is it, it, it starts to get you used to dealing with tenants, different types, lodgers or uh, short stay guests, different types of tenants, but it gets you used to dealing with people. And uh, you'll learn what goes with the territory of looking after people in property by starting that way. Point number six, consider becoming a property investor or developer's apprentice is an interesting one. Um, you, you could probably do some desktop work for some investors or developers uh, unless you find one locally. You might be able to find a developer locally. Maybe get a Saturday job with them. Uh, just, you know, start start doing some some handy handy work and just kind of ask questions as you go. You're going to pick up so much from watching people on the job or if you're doing the more research-based, um, you know, work for, for an investor or developer, then you're going to learn the tricks of the trade and what to look for and you're going to accelerate your progress. In fact, I myself might be looking for something uh, or someone like this sometime soon. I'm kind of figuring this out at the moment. I'm going to talk about that, about some sort of apprenticeship uh, model, but I haven't figured it out yet. So I'm not going to let the cat out of the bag too much. But anyway, watch this space or drop me a line to say you're interested. Point number seven, educate yourself. Use some of the free, and there's plenty of them, uh, or low cost resources. I've got obviously my own website, thepropertyvoice.net. You know, so we've got this podcast, we've got blog posts, uh, I've got access to my magazine articles, subscription free. That's all free content, and it's just from from me. And there's other people who do things as well uh, in particular areas. You you don't need to spend a lot of money on courses, Uh, not initially, at least. And equally, I've, I've written a book and that's about three quid. So, uh, yeah, I've just told you to save all your money, not to waste it on luxuries, but that's an essential. <laughs> Step eight, set up your life plan. Sounds quite grand, doesn't it? But what do you want to achieve? What, what targets do you have? What goals are you aiming at? Uh, what do you want to achieve in your life? By when and crucially, in what way? And when I say in what way, I mean lifestyle. Preferences, you know, do's and don'ts, your non negotiables, actually, everything but strategy. Uh, Strategy comes later, and this is going to help focus your attention for the future that is relevant and meaningful for you. Strategy comes later. Lots of people start with strategy. What should I do? No, you start with your reason why. Why do you want to invest? What do you want to get out of it? What do you want to do? as a result of investing. Start with your reason why, which is your purpose. Then think about the strategy later. But probably when you're still at university, you don't need to worry about strategy so much. Um, There are some strategies that allow you to get going sooner, but I'm just not gonna put it in scope uh, for this discussion right now. And maybe that's for another conversation. Point number nine remember it's a marathon not a sprint, a sprint even. It's a marathon not a sprint and as Warren Buffett says, I kind of quite like this guy, I'll quote him quite a lot, but as Warren Buffett says it's time in the market not timing the market that counts. Of course Henry you're young enough to witness at least the next three property cycles I would expect. If you imagine the, uh, there's the 18 year property cycle look it up. Um, So three times 18 is less than 60 and you're probably less than 20. So I reckon you've got three property cycles in you for sure. Uh, So there's quite a lot that can happen. There's quite a lot of opportunity that comes through property cycles, but more on that later as well. Point number 10. I like point number 10, which is have some fun along the way. It's really important to celebrate the small wins and reward yourself in modest ways to keep your motivation high. So for example, set a savings goal. Um, Now you wanna save five or 10% of a property value, that's quite a big number, right? It's gonna take you a number of years to do it. But put little milestones along the way. If you get to your first 500 pounds, go down the pub, Give yourself a little drink up first thousand pounds maybe it's a it's a you know curry night or something whatever floats your boat henry um but just put those little small wins in i know there's a little bit of a uh, a contradiction there to some extent by i'm saying spin something but if you it's you know you don't want it to be all dull and you know uh, boring so now and again yes let, let off a little bit of steam just don't do it all the time is kind of what i'm saying and by the way, I did mention her earlier, but my niece, um, she's uh, currently 22, yeah, twenty-two, twenty-three, 23. And she herself has followed the first five tips that I've outlined for you Uh, already today. And she's aiming to buy her first home within two years of leaving university. Um, She's actually had a couple of near misses. She's put offers in and it's just not been appropriate for some uh, some reason. It hasn't quite worked but she's got the money and she's literally just going out there trying to buy and she, she has within the two years of leaving university. So it can be done, I assure you. But Henry, all the best to you, Richard. And so There you go. That was my message to Henry. So Henry's a student, but you don't have to be a student. You could be a young person. You could be 18. Um, I know there's people who have even younger than this age who start thinking about this. So I'm not going to be so restrictive on the age. If you're kind of young or even young at heart, (laughs) you can follow these steps yourself and get involved and start preparing and start making a commitment and start getting yourself ready uh, to invest in property. And as I mentioned about the three property cycles, imagine Imagine you go through three property cycles. You're probably going to be so thankful that you bought your first property in your 20s. That's all I'm going to say to you. Okay, that's my uh, next holiday short out of the way. Uh, Another one's going to be coming up next week, uh, so look out for that. But as a reminder, the show notes can be found over the website, thepropertyvoice.net, or if you want to talk about anything from today's show, just talk about property investing more generally. You know you can always email me, podcast at thepropertyvoice.net, and I'd be more than happy to hear from you. Ciao, ciao.
0: Thank you for listening today. Now head over to thepropertyvoice.net for more inspirational content and get updates through our mailing list. Join us next time on The Property Voice Podcast. And if you enjoyed the show, please don't forget to rate us on iTunes.